Welcome back to another episode of the Launch Day Podcast, your place to go for anything business, starting a business, even if you have an existing business, whatever the case may be, we're here to share with you guys some absolute brilliant, absolutely brilliant value. Today in studio with me, I've got this Absolutely remarkable gentleman with me. He goes by the name of Adam Arbolino. Now, Adam, I'm not going to introduce you myself in terms of what you do. I'm going to pretend like I know absolutely nothing about you. I do this with with every guest. Mm. I'm going to pretend like I know absolutely nothing about you. Feel free to take it away. Tell everyone that's listening, watching, wherever wherever they may be. Uh, if they if they're from like Argentina, can you speak Spanish? I'll give it a go. No, I don't. But no, okay, we'll fair try. enough. Well, English will do. Yep, I'll, give, <laughs> I'll do English today. Right. Introduce yourself. Tell everyone what you do. Go yeah. For it. So my, well, firstly, thanks for having me on. It's uh, a pleasure to just kick back, have a chat, um, and you know, um, talk a bit of business, bit of entrepreneurship as well. Um, and I know we've we've met in the past, but it's a Pleasure to meet you in this in this chat. Uh, my my name's Adam Arbolino. Background is in tech startups. I've been doing it for now for fifteen, maybe a bit more than fifteen years, building early stage startups and growing them. Uh, my first startup, uh, Design Crowd, which I co-founded uh, and I was CTO for, is venture backed. Uh, grew that to um, uh, one of the world's largest design marketplaces still going uh, i exited that exited that one and i love to play with tech uh and build i use tech like lego and build little things add some value and then get them out into the market as quickly as possible and try and do as much damage as we can with little as as little tooling as we can um and that's it we focus a lot on building large-scale uh businesses from day dot, uh, global business from day one. Uh, and the one at the moment which we are scaling is an AI uh, platform called Mixo, which allows you to start a, get a website started just by giving it a single prompt and it will spin up a website so you can start testing and getting your, your business ideas out there. I think it's really exciting because I've got the launch day course, right? Mm-hmm. And the launch day course is about creating the, you know, basically creating websites, uh, you know, social media, basically showing people what to do to get started, make money on the first day. Mm-hmm. So you got Mixo that spins up a website. I mean, can someone who's like a builder go and put into Mixo? I'm a builder. I build houses, that kind of a thing, and then it'll spit out uh, like a like a single page website. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly, and it's been built for when we when we sat down um to to build it because we built it for ourselves or scratching our own itch we were constantly spinning up websites we had domains that we'd bought Mm -hmm. you know 10 years ago that just sit there beautiful domains that you don't have it you go to it and it's just a GoDaddy parked domain and so we said how can we 
get things, something out there really quickly and we built Mixer for our own purposes to spin out a bunch of websites. And then we started to see actually, but we used Mixer to test the idea out, out in the market and we started to see people were interested in this. And Mixo itself is built with my mum in mind. Can my mum use this to spin something up? So yeah. if my mum can do it, so can uh, business uh, builders, uh, you know, from construction to butchers to, you know, IT experts. Uh, that These are the type of people using Mixo. And it uses AI, artificial intelligence, that some people may have been hearing the buzzwords on just recently, and that's what's helped help that grow quite considerably because now you put in a one-sentence description, I'm a plumber who wants to connect with other, um, connect, get business around the Sydney area, it will take that and generate a full one-page landing, uh, landing page for you and you can start to push that out as your own in the space of a couple of minutes. So in seconds you'll have a website, in minutes you'll be up online. That's brilliant. And like, is there customization options? Like, can you go in there and sort of change certain aspects to the site as well? Or? Yeah. So, what we've done is we've built that generator part. So, it uses the AI and all that uh, fun stuff. And now we've got an editor which sits on the back of that. And the editor part uh, allows them to tweak that content uh, and allows them to quickly get those changes live. So, uh, again, we've zero. It's, it's zero code, so you don't have to be a programmer. It's zero design. That's what's probably what sets us apart from, say, the other big players in the market, the Wixes and, and as such, that you need to know a bit of design, a bit of editing. You get that nice website at the start on Wix, but uh, being able to kind of tweak that takes a little bit of design work. And so we've taken all that out there and say, look, we'll get you a nice website from day dot using AI, and you can tweak that using the editor and you don't have to know anything. But basic tweaks, tweak, tweaks, right? So we're talking like text, images. Yeah, if you want to change the, na the, the... The AI will come up with a name for it if you don't give it a name. So it'll come up, no. with, it'll, it'll come up with your value proposition. You know, you'll come up with the text all throughout. It'll pick images for you and it will look professional enough to kind of push that out. But that's the start. You can tweak the name, you can tweak the content... And then you can publish that out to, to the public. And this is good for people that are, like you said, either they, they could be a mum and dad business, they could be a small business, or someone who's just starting, they want to, you know, sort of test, get get their feet off the ground. It could also be for those who are also looking to have tech startups as well, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, or, or I suppose you have startups, which is the business term, and then you've got startups, which is more the tech-oriented, global-scale type uh type out outlook and it's suitable for both these types of people is that right yeah no doubt and the beauty of it is it's it is language independent in terms of the ai knows any language all, all languages essentially so you speak to it in spanish i go back to the argentinian uh your argentinian fans out there you you speak to it in spanish or portuguese if you're in brazil yeah. You can generate the entire site um, in Portuguese, Spanish, you know, on the fly. You can tweak that and get that out there. So, um, again, it's different industries. It's agnostic, um, language agnostic, but also in, in terms of the, the market that you're in. Um, again, it is leveraging AI that has, you know, the billions of um, model structures that it can kind of 
leverage and um, yeah, build content on top of. That's good. And that's super exciting. Yeah. Mate, I need you to be completely upfront, honest with me. Go for it. Because you mentioned your mum and you said that, you know, you, in, you had your mum in mind, could she just start, mm. you know, a website mm. in a day or well, less than a day, obviously. Was she the one who actually conned you into doing it? Was this one of those moments where she turned around and said, Adam, listen, you know, I've got to do an Italian. Adam, listen, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to do with the, yeah. <laughs> the website. <laughs> did, she, did she con you into doing this? And you just said, listen, mom, I've had enough of hearing from you for the last six months asking me to do a website. So I made this for you so you can do it. Or yeah. was she not? Well, you're asking that? me, is this like a little mafia organization, like that old school? Sort of like is that. that what you're asking? But, I'm, but yeah. I'm asking, did your mum con you into making Mixo? She didn't, know? no. But she's the brains behind the tech uh, setup. Uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, she, I think when building stuff like this, keeping people like that in mind and being able to just uh, run, you know, go headfirst into something and not be too caught up in the flashy lights of the tech side and think back, how's mum going to use this, is, uh, is what it's all about, I think. You know, I sit there, like the, the amount of people that I speak to, sometimes it does my damn head in. I'm telling you now, the people that sit there and they don't, they don't have enough empathy to put themselves in someone else's shoes... Empathy is probably the wrong word I'm looking for. Is it empathy or is it sympathy? Fuck, I have no idea between the two. Hey, No, I think it's empathy, it when, is you empathy put, right? when you put yourself in someone's shoes. That's right, yeah. empathy, right? So having empathy, sympathy is when you feel bad for someone. Yeah. All right, potato, potato. Yeah. <laughs> when you're putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Now, everything that I ever do, whether it's for myself, whether it's for clients that I work with, no matter who it is, I consistently have so much empathy uh, you know what it's like? Uh, like I find myself to be a very spiritual person and that's, that's acquired. It's not something that I like. Well, everyone was born with a level of spirituality, but I've trained myself to immerse myself mm. more into really feeling what my customer would feel. So whether it's for myself, for my clients, things like that, I always, always, always have so much empathy for the target market. And a lot of people lose sight of that. They think they go in their head. They're like, oh no, they need this. But they don't like it's it's not what your customers want, it's what you want. And yeah. so they're so passionate and hell bent on the idea of doing something a certain way, but they're not considering what their customers would want, because maybe their customers are different. I've had this conversation so many times in the last week, Adam, Jesus Christ, my head hurts thinking about it. Right. Um, but in all in, in saying all of that, realistically speaking. I love that you brought up with the fact that, you know, you had your mum in mind because you took the most simplest of scenarios, which is I need a website, I need a for my business just to sort of test it out. Don't have to spend hundreds of dollars with a, with a marketing agency, for mm. example, hundreds, even thousands sometimes, depending on what it is. And then you don't also get stuck on this idea that you need all of these pages with all of these things. You just have the bare minimum, which is what I try and teach people as well. Yep. And I like that, like I said, I like that you have your mum in mind when making it because you were like, listen, can my mother make a website? And that was the question ultimately that you, you had to ask yourself. And I love that because so many people lose sight of that fact that simple is better, number one. So don't try and blow it up out of proportion. You just need something mm. basic. And number two, 
don't think about what you want or what you think is best. What, what does your potential customer think is best for them if they were to, to buy it? And you know what? And this happens all the time. People go ask friends and family and their friends and family aren't their target audience. Mm, yep. You get me? Yep. You know where I'm going with that? Yeah, and I think, well, well, firstly, you touched on something there, which is at the core what I believe an entrepreneur is. An entrepreneur is someone that delivers value. That's at, at its core. It's not about someone that can make money from anything. and It's about someone that can take a few things, put together, and adds value where there wasn't previously value or finds a customer out there that can get value. And connected to that is that need to be kind of empathetic. Uh, and even in why, I think you, where I go with this is it's why we do stuff. Like why Mixer? Why, why are you doing this? Uh, is it just for money? Is it just to kill time? Is it, you know, and I think that is one of the things that has sat me a lot, has sat with me for a long time in building businesses um, and answering that question of why. And I think going back to the empathy piece, for me, where I, why I am doing Mixo is, you know, a customer the other day who's in El Salvador messaged with a problem. She's a travel agent in El Salvador trying to run like a, her, her gig there, but she's just trying to make ends, ends meet. But, she is struggling, hits Mixo, starts to get some customers through Mixo, starts to have now a viable second option to her, her primary option. And that's what gives me goosebumps. That's why I do it. Mm. Um, and it's that idea of helping all these, um, all these people all over the world go from zero to, to something in a very quick space of time and that's um, that's why I do it. But you know the 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 challenge of getting it out there is also what uh, what excites me. But it's that that kind of connection to the customer and what they need, and kind of hitting that. that that's what gives me, like I said, the goosebumps and mm. um, and helps drive the why behind the business. Because I think you know there is a belief for me that anyone can start a business. Um, not everyone has the tools to start a business or not ha everyone has the experience to, you know, have failed many, many, many times to know what to do on that 10th that time. But the more I, th I believe we kind of give people these, these tools to kind of get out there and, and just get themselves out there, that idea that they had 10 years ago, you don't have to spend 50 grand on an app anymore to kind of let's spin it up. Let's get out there. Let's show what you want to do. And start speaking to customers, and that's the idea behind it. Because I've been fortunate to kind of had successes. I've had plenty of losses as well, as I'm sure you know we both have. And I think in that, you know, that if you give people with a good idea that understand the subject matter, these some of these tools, they'll do as much damage as you or I can do. So that's Definitely. that's the thinking behind it. Definitely. When I look at you know, there's a comment that you made. Anyone can start a business. You're absolutely right. Everyone can start a business. Not everyone can succeed as, as well as they probably want to. And it has a lot more to do with them, their own limiting beliefs, things like that. And it does come down to, you know, acquiring certain 
you know, certain things. And I, I look at, like I've met plenty of people ambitious to mm. begin with, but the moment there was any kind of heightened stress or their, their risk appetite had to increase, yep. they bailed. And it has to do with the individual itself. But what I'm not against is everyone giving it a hot damn go. It could be a side hustle. It doesn't have to be, you know, like even using Mixo, for example, it could be for a side hustle. Maybe you bake cookies on the weekend mm. and you, you do local delivery. Yep. So be it, you know. Yeah. Mixo, bang, here's what we do, contact us. I love that. And I seriously love that. And in fact, you know, I might even, because my, my developers that I've got working for me are working on like a custom WordPress theme as we speak, uh, like a custom system for mm. people to deploy their own websites one click, yep. very similar to you, but having like a standardized template. Yep. Um, and then that standardized template gives them the ability to, you know, just click and edit to change images and text. But why the hell am I wasting all of my time doing that <laughs> when I could just be putting people onto Mixo, right? Yeah, I get, yeah, agreed. And go for it. Uh, I'm not going to stop you there. Um, but I think that point around like, Again, I, I do believe anyone can start a business and every, everyone should probably even just before they, they – like they have a limited amount of time on this earth, they should go and try and fail at a business and put themselves out there. And I think that is the hardest thing to do. Um, I call it the 99% issue with a lot of, that a lot of people have. When you're a builder in particular, you are building – this non-stop to the get you get to the 99 percent point and you're like oh i could add another, a few more features to get this out there and you're just scared that people are going to be like this is crap or they're going to tell you straight this is this is complete garbage and to be honest you i've been fortunate i've gone through um my first startup design crowd uh, co-founded that one uh and being told this is crap um plenty times and um that at that helped build this thick skin that i don't really care if it's if if that you know that that's fine uh it is it may be crap right now it, it the fact that you're trying it tells me two things tells me that i have potentially a, something there i've built something that may have been of value because you've at least got to it and two, I may have hit on a distribution channel, which means I may have hit a channel of people actually coming to it. And if I hit what they actually need, it, it opens up you know, a world. And I think uh, for on people that feel like, ah, oh, this isn't for me, I can't do a startup, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a builder, like, I'm, a, I'm a construction worker, what, why, do, why, do, why do a startup? Like, that's not for me. I, my point that I always come back to is you have a level of knowledge in a, in a domain that's probably mo better than most people around you and that can be of value. And what you don't have is the ability to kind of get that out there. And if yeah. you can get that out there into the right channels, and that's why I say distribution channels, if you can kind of get that idea out there and you can start to form a bunch of people around this idea, that's value. You know what's exciting about that, Adam? I was literally thinking about this last night, uh, as well as this morning. It's just, it, it still stuck with me. And for anyone listening as well, I had a cold shower for the first time this morning. Oh, congrats. I've heard, I've heard that's it's really good for you. Have you done it? I've done it. 
I didn't last. I, I tried it for a month. I did. Yeah. It was a thing. Uh, for, for a whole 30 days, every day would have a cold shower. My business partner, uh, my co-founder, Giles, was the one that put me onto it, yeah. uh, the whole Wim Hof. Fantastic for you. I can't go past 30 days, but. I get Sorry, you. I don't want to. I do want to hijack you. your. Uh, Mate, no, of course. How was your morning routine? Then? It was. It was honestly. It was good. Um, the fast time I've ever been in the shower ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was three minutes. I got what I needed to do done. I thought, okay, first I'm just gonna rinse off. You know, cool down, mm. get nice and cool, and then it was yeah, fastest experience. But like this morning has been very productive as well, though. It was very interesting. Yeah, right. Because I felt like because I was in such urgency to get out of the shower. Then following that, I was, you know, in such urgency to, you know, get dressed. Then I was in such urgency to leave the house and get on to the next activity. You were ticking off your to-do list this morning man. like crazy. Yeah. What, why? What was the drive? I Did don't know. You, you, didn't lose wa- you didn't lose hot water, obviously. No, it was, no, it was no a, plenty of hot water. Yeah, so yeah. it was a decision that you made consciously. I just kind of woke up and cold. I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to have a cold shower. Nice. Like I've heard everyone's talking about it. I think the last time I heard about it was like a week ago. Mm. But yeah, so this morning in the shower, uh, and as well as last night, just in my own time, in my own space, it hit me completely, this occurred to me, I just completely blew my mind. There are people that live to this day that can say they have 60 years of experience in construction, engineering, trades, professions, Things of that nature, even marketing. Yep. You could say I've got 60 years of experience in marketing, right? Do you know what none of those people, you know what, sorry, you know what all of those people have in common? The maximum amount of time that any of them could potentially have any kind of IT experience is basically 27 years in yep. terms of web, tech, IT. I mean, IT is a little bit longer, but as far as when it became more popular, and it became more, you know, adopted into to, to businesses, into schools, things of that nature. We're talking twenty-seven years. Can you imagine that? Walking up and meeting up, meeting a sixty-year-old, sorry, meeting like a an eighty-year-old guy, who turns around and says, "I've got sixty years' experience in engineering, mm. but he's only got twenty-seven. Well, we're talking half, like more than half, right? Yeah, of years of of experience in in that." And to just to follow on on that topic of what you were saying, like, yeah, you could be construction builder and have all this experience there. But you've got to remember, like, especially by a rule of percentages, that you still have room to learn IT. Yeah. And it's so new. It's not like, you know what I mean? So as far as yeah. tech goes, as far as being a startup or taking those steps, it's, it's relatively new. It's still, there's still room for you to be involved. You know? Yeah, and I, I kind of think I think the bar is lowering in terms of that ability to kind of jump in and at least give it a go. Especially now uh, with Mixo. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. But um, <laughs> like you could see, you know, five years ago, you know, our p- parents and uncles and aunties, none of them were on Facebook and social media. And now everyone's on, even, even them. And it's not because... Um, it wasn't available. It's just the barrier to entry is getting lower and lower. That ability mm. to kind of connect, for better or worse, is now always around us. It's not, and, and they're making it easier and easier. And I think the next wave of that and what's 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 coming is AI, artificial intelligence, is making it easier and easier to kind of connect, like to get information and get that, create that information and get that out there. And that's 
one of the areas that I'm really quite interested in because how does that impact people that, that those builders or the in marketing you've got you know 60 years of experience how can I use that to my advantage and cup, coupled with AI which gets you that information in a second you could do a lot more damage than what you could have done now you know rewind two three years ago mm. and again it's that barrier entry to use it it's 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 becoming everywhere and the ones that adopt early as well even if you've got like you've got to think about it you know going back to the idea of these um that they've been using it uh they've been in a market for 60 years the ones that are building the ai and are building on top we don't we don't have 60 years of marketing experience taking that 60 years of marketing experience and overlaying some of the latest tooling that's what that's that can do some of the the biggest damage out there I and there's 60 years to this day to learn from to have the current product exactly you know or to have the current product that works for current day as well you know no i get that yeah. man i get that and that's like that's where i look at like i said for me it's it's kind of like yeah like no matter where you think your own limitations are you can start now with all these tools as well like man i look i could write an 8000 word proposal in a, in like a couple of hours and it could pack a massive punch or i could jump on places like chat gpt and tell it what i need and it'll pump out the 8000 word proposal including project deliverables scope of works yeah. you know uh, timelines time scales etc and that'll do it for me in a couple of minutes so if if you're not less yeah right and I look, yeah, seriously, I, I look at that. Even myself, I'm utilizing these tools now to make my job easier. So there's this whole thing going on now. It's a big change. But I, I'm curious, actually, your, your take with AI. And mm. we know Elon Musk mentions it quite a lot about, you know, the dangers of AI. Yeah. Do you have any concerns yourself at the moment when, when it comes to AI? From my perspective, um, not, not, not really. I think we need to be careful on how much access we give it but it would be a bit like giving a a random generator keys to you know launch missiles or something you just wouldn't do it um and there's ways of not doing it by not doing it um mm. uh if you give i i guess there are other like that's a very extreme kind of idea behind uh that concept but just you know, people are starting to use ChatGPT to kind of uh, to do medical uh, diagnostics on, you know, based on, oh, I've got these symptoms, what have I got? And I think there's kind of also a limit to what you can do or should do there as well because there's dangers. But I think those dangers still exist with Google. Like you type in some symptoms into Google. Um, if I just take what Google says, everyone's got, cancer you know yeah, yeah they're gonna die tomorrow yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> pretty much um, every person i've ever met like oh you know what they, they jump on that like and, and i'll admit on my part it's actually from my own experience mostly female individuals that do this is they look up their symptoms and then they go oh my god i'm gonna die tomorrow as a joke yeah they know yeah, it's yeah. not serious but i love it that they, they, they definitely the handful of individuals that have done that with me in my presence it was it was very entertaining and i'm sure if you jump on the chat chat gpt you'll probably get maybe something similar yeah 
again, I'm not saying that, that – again, that's just an example and I don't want to kind of um, wash over that. There is a serious question behind it, like should we – how far should we go with it? And I definitely am not saying we should just give it the keys to the castle and let's all, as humans, just all sit back. But I think this is the next wave of uh, technology that is going to change our lives. It'll change our the way our kids go to school in. It'll change how people you know, go to school in and learn, but also how we work, you know, the value of a proposal... Um, if submitted by 100 people, if they're all submitted through chat GPT, um, they all might be slightly different, but then you might also need chat uh, AI on the other side to be reading those proposals. So there's like, well, mm. it, it's it, it's the game gets a little bit messier. And, and the kinks um, are going to have to be straightened as well. Exactly. That's going to be an interesting one. And I think it goes back to value. So what is the value that the humans provide in this interaction? Yeah. And I think... The ones, the entrepreneurs out there that are solving this are the ones that will probably will be kind of winning, uh, winning in that uh, domain. I think. Yeah. So you got creators, and then you got the solution architects that kind of work out the kinks in translating between both both sides. And yeah, because it's like those ones where it's like, oh, you know, they got a chat. There's one guy who brought out a chat GPT checker. Yeah. Has this content been written by AI? And then someone else comes out and says, oh, rewrite your chat GPT content so it doesn't get detected by the people that are detecting it. Exactly. And I think they're the ones uh, that are in the middle. And yep. you got the creators and you got the problem solvers in the middle as well. So that's an interesting one. Yeah. What excites me in this space is more what actual problems we have today that get solved by it. Um, mm. What the speed at which you can get content created uh, today remarkable is absolutely remarkable and it's we've never had that level of speed in history and so and most people that have a little bit of technology can can utilize it mm. and so if you sit down and you think okay what sort of damage can I do with that like for me instantly we we love working with early stage startups growing early stage startups and so my mind goes to, well, how do I get them something out there as quickly as possible? What are, what are the pain points? Let's get it out there using, um, using a bit of AI. But, yeah, it's, um, I think it's, it's one of those, those things that it opens up opportunities. There are always risks that the Elon Musks of the world are going to kind of say, this, that, you this, know what there's a is. danger here. You know what it is? It's it's the same the same thing applies to driving a car. You know, back in the nineties, seatbelts weren't required. You know? Yep. You could jump in a car and go drive it, no seatbelt. And then bang, came along, new rule. Well, we've seen a lot of deaths because of seatbelt, uh, no seatbelts, so we're gonna put seatbelts in, they're compulsory. Go get your cars sorted out with a seatbelt. Mm. Any new cars that come in that get manufactured have to have a seatbelt. I suppose it's the same thing that applies in, in these circumstances as well. It's just going to be, well, this happened. Now we have to mitigate and mitigate. And without, without actually, there's no progress without just letting something not run loose, but testing in a controlled environment uh, and then observing for other things that often go like overlooked and then making those adjustments. 
My concern is though, is like you're saying, like restrict the access. Mm. Say for example, like you got some missile launch codes, you know, and you're not going to go hand the keys to a missile launch code to an AI. Yep. And say, here you go, have fun with it. Work out whether you'll do it or not. Yeah. Right? Uh, you can't trust the computer program to decide whether it's going to be a good idea to do that or not, right? Yep. But how do you stop them from accessing it? We're talking about like, look, the way I see it, someone like Julian Assange can go and find flaws in certain places and extract certain information that would be deemed confidential yep. on certain processes, procedures, maybe even missile launch codes, I don't know. But say hypothetically, if Julian Assange can do that, for example, why couldn't an AI, and this is a, an interesting one, I was having this conversation this morning and yesterday, it's a good, good friend of mine, George Markowski, he goes, Dean, I've chat GPT's replaced my copywriter. They still exist, the copywriter, mm -hmm. but I'm just getting them to do ChatGPT to pr produce it. The only problem is, is that sometimes things don't sound like they're coming out of, like coming from my voice. They sound like ChatGPT wrote it. How can I fix it? And I said, do you have like a video transcript of a conversation you've had with someone? And then he's like, yeah, plenty. I said, great, go grab the transcript, throw yeah. it into ChatGPT, tell it to learn in that same window, learn about how you, learn your communication style and then every single time you want it to write something, you just give it a, give whatever that is, just say in the words of George Markowski, this is how yeah, I want you to write this. And it'll mimic that. And it will create content that basically mimics exactly what, and I, I said that to him, he goes, man, how did you know this? Have you done this before? I go, no, but that just seems like common sense to me. Mm. Because obviously I'm like a problem solver. So why can't like an AI model then go and research for example, if someone gave it a prompt to research Julian Assange, for example, why couldn't it then learn what Julian Assange, the, the types of things that Julian Assange had done and then continue to learn that, oh, this is how you actually get access to these types of systems. And we're talking like, we're talking US, they say they're state of the art, but let me tell you, man, you, you go to the US defense and you look at the systems they're running, they're running like Windows 2000 because it's stable. Yeah. But they're still slow, but they're stable. You know what I mean? What's to say that it can't access those things and just run wild, you know? 100%. I, I agree. agree with the, the sentiment. And I think it kind of goes back to, like, we could say oh, it's bad because AI. Like, I, I would say that there's what stops other humans from mimicking what was done. And we probably need to get better at siloing how we work as well to kind of protect uh, our security needs to be a lot better for that that type of stuff the only problem with what you said though is that yes humans can mimic but they take significantly longer time too yeah but person, i would say know? like right now and we're talking from a tech perspective i guess to give yeah. you an analogy like ai runs to some extent like a train a train on rails mm. uh, it can take you to a lot of different places but it needs models to kind of like when I say models, they're like railroad tracks. If you don't build, if you don't have the models that are built to go to places, they can't really go there. You can't say, get on ChatGPT and say, can you get me a coffee today? Get me a coffee in five minutes. It, it'd be like, I can't, I can't do that. Like, it needs a lot of railroads to get to that point. Now, it can get, like, mimicking, like, it, like it's mimicking is part of, it's been built on information. So you give it information, it can kind of 
work out based on the information what you want. But there are limits to what it can and can't do. Whereas it takes humans, like the, the, the danger with chat GPT and AI is not the AI, it's what humans are going to do with it, I think. Yeah. And like how we, we are effectively filling those gaps. So think about it like I can't get from here to here with a train. I can, humans are effectively the bus that kind of connects the two to make it happen. And that's probably where, from a security perspective, where the danger lies. And I think where over time as those railroad tracks kind of get more and more kind of populated on our on our technical map, let's call it, that's when the, the danger kind of comes in. I think that's where the musts of the world are like, that's the problem. If we give it access to do everything, we're probably going to start to see more problems because it's going to start to kind of cross those barriers. I think we might have just come up with a, a cool concept just in my mind. Yeah. Is there is currently no governing body around AI, to my knowledge, unless you know otherwise. So kind of like a governing body that determines the rules of engagement and then you must have this, like we're going to provide you with a list of prompts or, you know, I suppose a, a certain aspects mm. to say this is against the rules, you can't do this. Kind of like regulating it in a sense. Yeah. So anyone that that has, I mean, we're talking Google Cloud, you can run your own through Lambda, you can do it through Azure, yep. you can do it through AWS. There's a whole long list of, of applications that you can do it from. But what if there was an, an international agency, kind of like the World Health Organization, you know, that kind of a thing, but for AI? Yeah. If that doesn't exist, man, hey, I think we're onto something there, you know? And at very least have like a, you know, demilitarized zone uh, version online. Yeah. So um, yeah. AI can't, can't touch this stuff. Like this stuff is almost old school. You need, you need someone to come and press a button uh, or crank a, a shaft to yeah. make it work. Like uh, either that or there's it. like there's this whole broad network of the moment that a prompt like that is created that alerts are created in a sense like if ai was to ever consider or start producing that prompt yeah do you get what i mean but yeah and agreed and don't get me wrong like i'm we talk about the dangers i there are things that are happening in ai that make you feel uneasy the fact that it can you know you can go out there and it can look, watch video and listen to the podcasts of you oh, and mimic that no it can oh, mimic yeah. it, and then i could call up your bank as if, you know, I'm Dean and be like, yeah, you know, yeah. do this. And the old way of I verify you with your, vo your the way you look and you your who, the sound, you know you're breaking through. You know who does that? Mm. Services of Australia. They want your Centrelink. voice. You know, when you get on the phone to them, you, you know, it's literally the same phrase for everyone. In Australia, my voice identifies yeah. me. Yeah, well, that's, that's gone. That's, I that, shouldn't have said that. But... <laughs> it, it, <laughs> <laughs> right it doesn't matter no one's gonna call up thinking they're me maybe ai uh, well now that ai has the ability to do that i suppose anyone could do that right yeah they could have just grabbed any earlier snippet of my voice for an hour that i've been speaking and be able to get the same result right yep. through ai yep so yeah like i find that interesting you are right because anyone who does use voice models to to verify identity as part of their their biometric fingerprint when i say fingerprint i mean just biometrics in general mm -hmm. 
but capturing that voice print, you'd have to ask additional security questions now because they don't. The moment you do that voice verification with Services Australia, like so Centrelink, anyone who's listening doesn't know, like Centrelink and, you know, Medicare and all of them, they literally, that's the only verification that they have. When you get on the phone, they don't ask you anything else. Yeah. They go, oh, well, he's verified. His voice print was verified. Yeah. Now we're, we're learning that AI can just mimic your voice. And so it becomes a very fragile system if that's what they're using to, to stop. That, that's the gatekeeper. And listen, man, AI is just going to go straight through. I don't expect it to change between now and the next 10 years, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's um, – I think that – it's going. It, we are we are in the midst of a change, and it's going to force and potentially break a lot of systems. And I think that's what's bit uh, makes people uneasy. The fact that your voice and your identity can be kind of mimicked on a video, and it's not you, it's AI. That uh, like it makes me feel uneasy to some extent, seeing that that's out there. But to some, like the other side of it is, it forces us to get better forces us to improve systems you know Progress, there's, there's yeah and with that instant speed and with the ability to kind of do uh, marketing plans and copywriting in, in a in a second with that comes the other side of it which is well, what what does that mean like how, how do what do we have to do to kind of improve and we you know that's what we do that's that's why we continually evolve so yeah i get you it's an interesting one, man. I, and honestly, uh, when I think about it, like I, I, I can't say that I'm overly concerned because obviously as society, we, we progress, we grow, we, we learn how to manage the adversities that we face and the risks. We learn how to mitigate the risks, reduce liability, things of that nature. Risk exposure is probably the better mm. term to use here. So we're doing really great with that and we like historically we always have. I'm not overly concerned personally myself, but there are, you know, like even then just mentioning to me, for example, about the voice. And I knew that, but I think I knew that subconsciously, but now it's just become conscious mm. and it's it's just hit me. It's just occurred to me that that is the case. And I'm like, now I'm sitting there going, yeah, yeah fuck. What are the areas yeah. you think are, the, the, what's the scary stuff? You know what, what the scariest What's the stuff one? that's going to concern you? You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not concerned about, you know, missile launches and yep. stuff like that. You know, frankly, that's, like you said, there's ways to mitigate that. What I am concerned, like, you know, what are you, you going to do? You're going to have chat GPT start as a language model, start educating these AI robots that are out there and they start, you Talking. know. Yeah, you know, so well maybe these, they learn how to create satellites and access their own internet or something. I don't know, but that's not like, my majority concern my biggest concern actually is employment mm. the employment like you've, you've heard just now with george markowski now in his sense he, he's still employed his copywriter he's just asked them to rather than not having any employment at all is asked to change it up and just use chat gpt so we can get more content out faster yep right so he's still employing him but he's employing him to put in the prompts and which is great that's fantastic he's keeping his job but Normally, to do the amount of content that ChatGPT is now producing, instead of one copywriter, it would probably be five working simultaneously. And so that's where my concern is now is more employment, for example. Mm. Copywriting is like scraping the bottom of the bucket. Like travel agency. You start a travel agency, start doing... There's so many things you can do with ChatGPT. A lot of people don't realize this. Mm. 
You can literally plan itineraries, things like that. You just pump it in prompts in ChatGPT. You can even find flights for you. Yep. You know, and it says, oh, limited information of world events, but it can still look up flights, current flights. Yeah. You know, you can ask, literally ask it those questions. Are there any delays, this, that? The the list goes on. You can even set up automations where if ChatGPT goes, obviously with using third parties, using ChatGPT's AI models and their API. You can even set it up so that way if a flight delay, I want you to check every 30 minutes if there are any delays for X, Y, Z reason. And then if so, bang, notify this category of people that are flying in that, that particular vicinity if there's a, a world event. Kind of like there is now, except you don't need a reporter. You don't need someone to look it up if you're a private travel agency. Yep. It's just there. And no one has to write it. The chat will. It'll take the, the current knowledge and then bang, send it over. So my concern is employment. Yep. That's my biggest concern. Even for me now, I'm looking at ways that I can save time and money by utilizing it. And personally, I'll tell you my personal take before I get yours on it. I can still personally write copywriting at least 20 times better than, than ChatGPT. Even if I gave ChatGPT a, a couple of prompts, I'd like you to be more intricate, less salesy, uh, use sophisticated words, um, you know, focus more on the customer and not about this, blah, blah, blah. It still takes a couple of prompts to get it right. But even then, like, I still find places where you can add AdWords. Yeah. Um, you know, sorry, not AdWords, adverbs. <laughs> Google ads. Google AdWords. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I guess you can tell my mind's in marketing this morning. Um, so thinking like even Google, mm. ad, ad, sorry, adding adverbs into certain places, instead of saying, wow, it's a, it's a remarkable morning, Having a different way of saying it, for example, this morning is truly remarkable. So I'm using less words, more impact. Yep. So they're more emotional, emotional marketing value words and more of those adverbs. And so that's kind of yeah. where I'm looking at that and saying, well, I still do it better than ChatGPT. What happens when it can start to mimic you? That's right. So, but then you can go completely hands off with that. But what does that mean, I guess, is what we're saying? I suppose I'm right. saying that there's human talent is always valuable, mm. but then we're looking at rising financial crisis, everything else in between, cost of living, and then now ChatGPT is costing someone instead of a team costing $200,000, $300,000 a year. To, to employ six people to do those activities, now they're paying what six hundred dollars a year, for yeah, like, for for ChatGPT Pro. But I, I, my belief and my, I think there will be a shakeup in how work is done. You, in terms of the, the just the menial tasks in terms of creation, I, I still think there is a very specialist um, area of writers and creators that are just going to be always there and I, I think are not easily mimicked because of um, of the spontaneity and the, the way they kind of work. But I think it'll force everyone else to be the creators in terms of bringing other areas of value. And I do honestly believe we are in a, in a an age of the entrepreneur. Like everyone will be forced to go and go out there to think, all right, if I can't get a job as a as a, a writer anymore because 
now AI has kind of taken that. What can I do that is of value and and move to that? Like there might be other areas and other jobs, but it's it's not just about like going out there and start a business. It's it's about kind of go out there and well I've got this that skill is I've got this skill set. Can I can I run a model? Like can I understand is it easy for me to understand and, and structure things so that the this element of chat GPT works significantly better. You know, what is it that what is, where is the value that I where, where do I what do I play in the whole the scheme of things? Because it's to me the you know um, we're talking about the the problems with it. Um, a lot of people are like, well, what about schooling? Like, write, go home, write an essay. Chat GPT can do that, and it will do it to the point like AI will do it to a point where you can't work out if it's AI or not. That will be the the reality. And mm. it's not about like what what is the point of our, our, you know from a learning perspective writing essays. It wasn't to write that that essay is of no value. It's allowing the student to prove they can do some, to that and they can work out the information and they can put it out there. We have to work. We have to use other ways of working that out rather than the old method of just like. What's the Truman Show? Tell us what you think about image, and then go like that. That's dead. It'll die. It's it's dying, and teachers that are hanging on to that are going to find that you know it's it's too easy to kind of you know uh, to kind of skip over That's because right. you're using yeah. AI now. So we're in a new world, and it's going to force us to create new tools. And the Start. ones that want to be building those tools and want to help in that. That's where the jobs are. Start, uh, you know, t- especially for teachers, start changing it to write an essay using ChatGPT and so who, and then, you know, compare, run a contest, see who can actually get better content out of ChatGPT, for example. Yeah. Or this, is, this came out of ChatGPT and uh, you're going to be given, you've, you're going to be given the essay on the spot as a test. Read this and explain why it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So See, that's good. That's better. It's a different so way got, of thinking. Exactly. And it will force us to do that. And chat AI can't really do that right now. And everyone out there that are, that's currently the creator of that content, that the writer, can be part of solving some of those solutions. And that's where the ones that are moving towards that now are the ones that are going to get ahead before everyone else is catching up. I get you. Man, yeah, it kind of reminds me, just talking about school, I feel like I was like a like a mini chat GPT in school, just my own little brain. That kind of sounds a little bit boastful. Hear me out. Yeah. Hear me out, right? I remember having a geography assignment. It was like three months. Uh, it literally went over the course of three months. Mm. It was an 8,000-word research action plan. And you had to pick a geographical issue and you had to go and have, have primary and secondary findings to be able to convey that geographical okay. issue in that research action plan. And I did not do it at all. Didn't bother. Just didn't want to waste my time. Kind of went, how does this benefit me at all? I was very business-minded from a very early age. Mm-hmm. So I, like my, I had my first ABN when I was 15. That was uh, episode six with Sam Campbell. I talked a little bit about that. And... You know, I just remember like things, like moments like that and situations like that. And it was actually really interesting, really funny because I got to school at like seven o'clock in the morning 
I used to like getting to school early, <laughs> shoot some hoops for about an hour and a half. Yeah. You know, and then go to school, go to class. I realized that it was due that day, that morning. And it, like I had to hand it in at about 10.30. And I thought, hmm, well, I haven't done a single thing. And I read over it and I went, okay, 8,000 words and oh, 90% of the assessment is on primary findings. The other 10% is based on secondary resources. So I sat there. They provided like a list of examples. Pretty much everyone in the class just went to the list of examples. I picked a different geographical issue, Cronulla Sand Dunes. Okay. It was like way off the mark. No one would have ever thought, even if someone else did over the course of the three months, Cronulla Sand Dunes, like the likeliness of them doing that was very low. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to do Cronulla Sand Dunes regeneration, All right? Yep. And so I went, okay, beautiful. Went, did it between 7 and 8.30. I pumped out 8,000 words <laughs> of primary findings because I thought to myself, well, this is my own findings, my own words. So I can just write 8,000 words of shit. Yeah. Just <laughs> and, and, and you know what I mean? Whether I like they did it or not, it didn't matter. But you know it's your I mean? word. Like, yeah. And all I did is I got images off Google, jumped, put them in Photoshop, added clouds to the sky. So mm. if they tried to do like a reverse image search, they'd see the same photo, but that photo didn't have clouds and my sure, one did. Sure. Mate, killed it. Flew under the radar, got full marks. Everyone in the class complained. They were like, no, no, he did it this morning. I saw him. And I said, oh, yeah, I had to rewrite it because the file corrupted. But I, re I remembered most of it. So I just had to finish it off. I was talking absolute bullshit. But don't you value it? Like... If someone did that, you're the teacher there, right? And I heard that story, I'd be like, I'd still give him full marks. 100%. Because in the real world, that type of stuff, that's what you've got to do sometimes. All right, you were shooting hoops and you're doing, you, you know, the reason why you got to that, that, that stage, maybe not great, too great. But the fact that you were able to kind of do that and had, were able to kind of think in a way that the teacher was not like, is this, is this real or not? And you, you also, you know, some of those considerations like why I'm going to pick this versus this, like that's value. Like, that, it's that if my kids did thinking. that, yeah, yeah, exactly. And if my kids did that, I'd be like, you know what? Not that they're gaming the system, but in the real world, you're going to be thrown a curveball. You're going to fail sometimes. Stuff doesn't work on rails here. You may not get, you get zero time to do something and you pump it out and you can pump it out at that quality. Chat GPT or not, like that's that's pretty uh, pretty impressive stuff. The idea for me, and this was like pretty much every scenario I've ever been in in high school, was projecting. So I was projecting what could occur, mm. the certain rebuttals, the certain conversations that I could possibly have, the possibilities, yep. and considering those possibilities in my head. And that was like part of this, like you said, deciding to go Cronulla Sandune so that way. If you I could, said something completely different, out, yeah. then I was in the clear because no one else would have picked that picked that land project, right? Yeah. And so that was just critical thinking, projection. Uh, sorry, projecting and project, projecting and projection of possibilities, mm. and then thinking through if I ever came across any kind of adversity or challenge, how I would be able to overcome it. What would be my next step? And that was constantly in my head. I'll give you an example. One day. I had uh, math, my math teacher, 
Miss Bender, amazing lady. Honestly, she was she was really really great teacher. Mm. But I never did classwork. I never did classwork in pretty much all of my classes. Can, oh, can I ask what? Like, what is it? Just the the structure of it? You just, just bored as fuck, man. Boring. You know what happened? Year seven, year eight, year nine. I was doing the work. I was enjoying it. Great. I'm learning. And then I realized year ten, year eleven, year twelve, they're just teaching us the same fucking yeah. shit. But then elaborating. You know, and then like, like for me, I was kind of like, well, I t- already took an interest in all these things three years ago, and I elaborated when you didn't. Yeah, now you're bored. Now you're I'm bored because we've already learned it. Yeah. So it even got to a point where I was like, I was in an advanced English, like I was like the the highest English class possible for my HSC. Did I drop down to like the lowest English class that didn't even qualify for an ATAR? <laughs> I was just like, yeah, well, uh, you know, I've already, I'm already running a business, I'm already doing this, like mm. I don't give a fuck. The only reason I'm finishing school in the first place is because I wanted to make my mother happy. And that wasn't pressure from her, that was genuinely me going, my mother has given me so much and had so much gratitude that I want to at least finish something that she wanted me to finish. And at least then that'll teach me as well, like, like I knew it subconsciously and I know it even more consciously now. The lesson to be learned there was that she wanted me to finish. Yeah. She wanted me to finish something. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. Yes, I took a few shortcuts, but... You got there. I got yeah. there. And I finished it and, I mate, I did well. I used, like pretty much got high marks in all of my exams. My downfalls were the classwork. But they used to even... Man, I remember they used to put me in separate fucking rooms for the HSC. Or they'd separate me from everyone else. Because they used to think I was cheating. So I did yeah. like the trials and stuff, like the HSC trials before the full exams and stuff. I mean, they used to literally used to separate me because I thought I was cheating because I never did classwork, I never did homework. You're in a safe place now. Were you cheating? No. No, no I was just like, mate, I'm telling you, I just, I just had all the yeah, knowledge up here yeah. in my head and I just applied it. I was like, yeah, okay. And most of the time it was just, again, just problem solving. Read the question. Mm. Which of these sounds like someone has to write these questions yeah. and the and the options for the answers? Which of these sound ridiculous? Cross, cross. I did the same thing for my driving test, dude. I didn't even look at the driver knowledge booklet at all. Yeah, I just went. What's the most logical common scenario? S- common sense. Some my motorcycle license about six months ago when I went for it and I sat down at the computer, did the driver the rider knowledge test, and I got one question wrong. And I went up to the lady after I was done. I said, I should have got full marks. She goes, why? And, and I said, well, it asked a question about when should you stop? Like you're coming up to a, a, a giveaway sign, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, at what point should you stop? Like what happens when you get to that giveaway yep. sign? One of the questions was come to, a, come to a stop, check that the intersection is clear, wait a certain amount of seconds. There was, there was one question, I can't remember exactly, I can't recall specifically what it said, but it wasn't the wrong answer. It just happened to be a safer answer than the correct one. <laughs> you know, so for me, in my head, I thought, well, hey, I'm going to put myself in that position, that situation. I'm going to immerse myself spiritually in that realm yeah. and understand if I'm in this position, what would I do? That was the correct answer. And she's like, oh, I can't change anything, but... The point still remained is that, and I agree with you, I think overall, I think that the shift and change in the way that we're all doing things needs to happen because now we're starting to realise, and everyone's starting to realise, there's more than one correct answer. There's yeah, more yeah. ways to do things. There's smarter ways to do things. Same way I, was, I pretty much got through all of high school. I just did it, I, I was smart about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? See, I was the other way around, to be honest. I started, I got to high school and I, th- I thought... It, Pretty smart. I think 
a lot, um, always thinking. And uh, I got to high school and I was in all the low classes. Mm. Like, what is going on here? And then I kind of went from the low classes and stepped up and, and kind of got there in the end. And then when I was at university, it was like, oh, I'm in tech. Comfort, this is my comfort area. I can, I can smash this out. And it's that probably halfway through, I, I started to understand what schooling is and what it is is learning how to learn because I, I thought school like I thought they just wanted the answer that they want and that's it but understanding the background and to your point if you understand there is someone writing those questions they want a particular answer they've given you the answer you you kind of you need to find out which one that is and it I start to get better at reading actually this isn't just about the material because what I've learned is the material goes out of date the next year what it is is understanding well what do they want me what are they wanting here what is you know i need to get up there and say a speech what is it that how do i target what the teacher wants and i'll be honest that has set me up for business because that's effectively what you do with your customers as well you what is it my customer wants what is the pain like business is hard you know um setting up online it's it's confusing so how do I, with my skill set and a bit of AI, how do I kind of give them the thing that they want really quickly and just get out of the way and say, look, pay it, pay it, move on and, that, that, and get the customer happy. And so, yeah, it all kind of comes full circle really. What we're going to do, Adam, is we're going to go to a quick ad break. We're going to jump into that ad break very, very shortly. Right after this, what I want to talk about is the future for Mixo because I have a couple of ideas I might like to share with you, right? Because we all think about Mixo, paid for, freemium, things like that. The other thing I want to discover with you in the next part of our conversation is also the adversities you've faced along the way. It's all good and fine. We, we share our show reel and how great things and amazing things are. I want to know some of the difficult situations you've been in. And I want to know a little bit more about how you got through them, especially for our audience as well. So, guys, we're going to get right into that right after this. I'm sure you're glad to hear my voice again, but I did want to tell you that recently I've started a digital marketing agency called Vivo Digital. And there's one thing that I really love about it, and that is just my team. I've got the absolute best team in the world that is going to deliver emotionally striking marketing that really gets heads turning and really thinking about having higher purchase intent with your business. If you are interested in finding out more or even having marketing services applied for your business, whether it be websites, marketing in general, video, you name it, all the works, we do it. Give us a call. It's 02905508088. That is in Australia. So if you're overseas, we still welcome you. It's plus 612-9055-8088. Or you can email us at hello at vivo, V-E-V-O dot A-U. Vivo Digital, emotionally striking marketing. Guys, welcome back from the ad break. We really hope you enjoyed the content that was just played. Uh, if you are interested, by all means, all the details, we're in the ad, and they'll also be on our website after this as well. So you're more than welcome to go to our website and find out more about that promotion. Adam, we're back again. Hit me. How was your break? 
Very good, mate. Very good. Yeah, that's good. We had a nice little chat. It was nice. Yeah, we could have just kept rolling, really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, look, I can, I could talk all day, to be honest. We've <laughs> 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 got plenty to give, plenty to give. That's it. But look, Adam, you know, on Mixo, I mean, we're aware of APIs with Facebook, Instagram, you know, even LinkedIn, that they have APIs as well, TikTok. They all have all these APIs you can integrate with. My concept that I have in my head, I'm thinking about my launch day course, right? Mm. And I'm sort of going now, I've got all this content for the launch day course, but how can I speed up the process for, like instead of, I, I guarantee people that they can get it done in eight hours and make their first customer. What if I can get it done in four? How can I cut that time in half for these people so they can get started even faster, right? So what's to say that you couldn't integrate Mixo with platforms like those mm. where you gave it a prompt to, as long as they were logged in and authorized their Facebook profile when they were starting, right? What's to stop the fact that you could also create the Facebook pages? Like Mixo could just go, okay, we'll come up with the name for you if you don't have one, create the Facebook page for you. I mean, we're creating websites. Surely we can do some mid-journey type stuff maybe and yep. create images put that as the cover photo because all of those things can be done via api so what's what's stopping like what is that part of the plan for mixo for for the future or yeah yeah so you touched on a few things there that i think is probably what you'll see in the immediate like the next couple of weeks we're, we're literally working on some where you know expanding this out from a single page to a, a what you'd probably see is a traditional website where multiple multiple pages love it where you know all the content is obviously taken care of. The content and the imagery is taken care of from uh, from an AI perspective. It generates you something to launch with. Um, and we want to start to integrate uh, a few different things. One is allowing users to customise that even further with custom imagery so that, uh, you know, you talked about mid-journey, like the, the illustrations and the feel of the page is very bespoke, very... Uh, like almost mimicking if I went to a designer but and instead of paying, you know, 10 grand for a site, I can now get it for nine bucks a month. You know, that that is kind of what AI is opening up uh, for us. But the other side of it um, is taking integration a little bit further. So we go back to what we're trying to do. We're trying to make this as easy as possible. Like my, again, I talk about my mum. If she wants to go out and sell a product, she's written a, a PDF, uh, an ebook, or she's got some art she wants to sell. How does Mixo help her with that? Uh, like, if she's already got a link that she can, a Stripe link to, to take payments, uh, how does that integrate nice and quickly? Um, and what if she didn't have to go and set up on Stripe? What if she just goes onto Mixo and gives us the idea? And she clicks a button and says, "This is there's an actual product behind this, and this is the product, and I'm selling it for forty nine dollars." Um, and then set up, content done, imagery, it's all custom and beautiful product um, imagery there as well. And all of a sudden she's selling a product which, you know, maybe a couple of minutes ago didn't exist. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's the first step. Um, we kind of see there's three buckets that we're working on. There's the launching, there's the validating and there's the growing. Mm -hmm. um, and at each step, we see uh, some of the, the technology that we've built, like injecting that. So once she's got that launched, how do I get it out there? How do I how do I get what social prompt? What social media prompts do I need to kind of push out there? Like we've got a website, we've got all the ma marketing material pretty much ready. 
we can kind of use that asset to push out to socials for her as well. So she doesn't know, she no longer needs to really know do I push this content or this, and we can create a, a little simple marketing plan to kind of get out there. So that's kind of what we're playing in and trying to to do. Uh, again, we go back to we are all about trying to get uh, entrepreneurs, uh, people with ideas, the ability to launch in minutes. That's the, that's the plan. And so... Um, it's a remarkable even, thing. Even in your, in your example, like the APIs, like how do we connect in? Like for us as well, we're getting a lot of demand from domain providers and, and different agencies that want to just generate on the fly and allow, allow us to kind of give our products to their customers really quickly. And so mm. that's going to be the next portal call. Oh, for that'll us be me. Well. Oh, I'm telling you, that's, that'll be yeah. well, like maybe even something that I consider as well. Yeah, and this thing works at scale. Like in the last 30 days, we've generated 370,000 sites. Um, Fuck off. So, yeah, and so it's... 370,000 sites? Yeah. Is that with a freemium or is that... Paid? That's freemium. So, okay. um, And not all of those, you don't have to be registered a customer. So of that our funnel about 15 to 20% of that registers as customers and then you know naturally uh, like you're not giving them these sites and then they can just have them public they kind of generate a site they can see the value that it provides they can see the site if they create an account they can then actually use it for free they can yeah. go out there but it says down in the bottom right this was made with ai by mixo yeah yeah and the url is a bit like, the link yeah, is yeah, a bit like weird a subdomain. but if they want to tweak the Tweak the link at a, at a custom domain. That's nine bucks a month. If you want to spin up fifteen of these and see which one sticks, that's uh, thirty nine bucks a month. I so, love that. Yeah, How do you simple. differentiate between? I mean, so you've got someone like me. So I've got my marketing agency. Mm. We we pump out a lot of websites. When I say websites, a lot of the time, the websites that we do are more designed for custom conversion. Yep. So that involves a strategy and there's a marketing strategy identified and involved there. There's forms, there's conditional logic, there's databases attached with integrations, things like that. Yeah, I mean, so how, how would something like Mixo... So the thing is, right, I'll tell you what's happening. For me, now I'm sitting there going, Jesus Christ, everybody listening, they're not going to need me anymore for the marketing agency, right? Yeah. How do you differentiate between someone like me who provides someone with website services and other marketing services and someone like yourself, for example, with Mixo? How does that differentiate? What's the key point of difference? I suppose what's, what's, the, what's the inflection point where you realise okay, Mixo has been great for me for the last 12, 24 months, but now I need to, to take a step up. What's, the, what's yeah. the kind of difference there? I think it's the point of valid, like validation in my mind. It's someone that's got an idea that's like, I, I want to see if this really works, really works well. And there is a point at which Mixo as it stands will be, um, you know, will be everything they need. But if they need custom logic, they need a back end with a database, they want to start uh, creating logins to, to a special area, that is where we, we are happily like that's, that's not us. E-commerce, what, stuff like we that. We are not e-commerce. What yeah. we do is um, we give – you don't have to be – early stage entrepreneur, you have to just be wanting to kind of take an idea and see what it does out there and want need it in a web – a landing page to mm. do that. And – where it, we work well with 
sites that are already established and they want to test different ideas. Maybe they want a lead magnet, which, you know, maybe they have an, an e-book they want to publish and, and get, how it goes. get, you know, subscribers for. We allow them to spin up that site, allow them to capture emails from their, their leads and then they can start sending that e-book out via email and that might work alongside their site. So I don't necessarily see us as being a replacement to every single website out there or every single WordPress site out there. Mm. What we provide is this simplicity to launch, which we believe is a gap in the market because we feel – and I'm, I mean, I'm a developer. I could build these relative, relatively quickly, but to build 15 of them and to maintain 15 of them is – quite painful and so that's kind of where we're at allowing it's just simplicity yeah is there a long-term like like we we talk about lifetime customer value are you talking nine bucks a month you know what's that just under under 120 bucks Mm. a year 108 dollars a year you're looking at per customer basically is there a long-term business plan there to potentially and i'm asking this because like i said i'm excited i'm like hey like if this is something that I can offer to my customers to get them started and working with startups can be quite strenuous at times because they have a lot of these custom requirements and that's where I think there would be a difference for us because we can provide those custom requirements from a development point of view but those that just want to get started they don't want to spend much money yeah Mixo I'm like for me I'm just like yeah I want to put them straight onto Mixo so hey look don't waste your time with me because you're just starting. I don't want you to waste your money. Come back to me and, and work for d- doing Facebook ads. Spend the money you're going to spend with me on a website. Let's do that with Facebook ads instead. Yeah. Put that budget there. You know, that's, that's my thinking, right? I'm thinking, how can I use Mixo to divert their budget from here to there that would lead to more long-term revenue for me for that yeah. lifetime value yeah. customer, right? Or the lifetime value of that customer. But is there a, a lifetime value preservation in mind? That, yeah, that so I guess to give you, I guess that broader sense, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build into a platform, a launch platform, and your, your site is one part of that. Um, the longer term, like obviously that nine bucks a month that, that gets you a site up there that's live uh, that you can kind of set and forget, that's set there because we want to be at the very the very start of a, a, the journey of the customer but there are services along the way like giving them email giving them the ability to kind of send automated email but have the ai set that up for like have the ai t- like suggest this is what you send tweak it if you want and and just send that out keeping constant contact with your customers because that's a pain as well i know myself like newsletters and sending out a weekly newsletter or a, uh, bi-weekly newsletter like the ai that we want to that we're, we're playing with is starting to kind of, like starting to pull the assets from the website and start to put that out there and look at topics that are hitting on twitter or facebook and saying this is what you should be talking about here it is and charging them you know a, a, no, a notional amount every time so it goes from that uh, one, you know, being a website builder, let's call it, to being a platform to launch with. I love and, it. And, um, you know, not every customer is going to have a successful business, but it also means that if they can minimise the cost of failure... The amount of risk involved or financial risk in, involved, they don't have to have a very 
high, uh, you know, risk appetite to exactly. be able to do it. And, and we, sorry, and we talk about where markets are going and where employment is going and more people are going to be unemployed. And so we see Mixo as that way of taking one of their ideas or taking one of their 30 domains that they purchased back in the day, set something up, see if customers are there, start talking to potential customers before they build anything because it de-risks, uh, you know, de-risks the entire play. For me, I think um, especially with how it's currently set up for you now, I'd be very interested to see how you could encourage and invite collaboration from agencies. Have you thought about this or no? I'm keen to hear what you're, what you're, think, what you're thinking there. Well, I'm thinking about someone like myself and I go, well, if the platform is already there and it just needs to be taken up a notch, having this kind of agency... I'll give you an example, like ManyChat. You know what, you've yep. heard of ManyChat? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Those who don't know, it's a, it's a chatbot. Man, I was playing with ManyChat and like, geez, before they even got approvals for their bloody API with Facebook, their graph <laughs> API with Facebook, yeah. right? Like I'm talking ages, man, before it was ever popular. Uh, before I even started Vesuvio in 2018, that blew up, went global faster than, you know, what I could facilitate. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that was the whole reason why it all came apart as well. A couple of other reasons too, but majority part. And um, ManyChat was great because anyone could create a chatbot mm. and they had lots of resources to show you how to create all the steps and be able to service your customers. Even even right now, I've got to, oh, you just reminded me too, I've got to send him a quote, but even my, my client, Tim Weston from Proud, Proud Bin Cleaning, he created his own. He's not even like tech oriented at all. The guy mm. cleans bins with with pressure washer. And he was able to create his own chatbot. The thing is, though, is that now he's going, oh, well, you know, the, you had a database. So right now we've built out a couple of landing pages. His problem was he couldn't take payment from customers because taking payment from customers, some of them may have been out of area and there was no way for him to validate whether or not he was servicing that area. And so then now we've provided all this conditional logic on his landing pages that he can get financial commitment from customers. And now he wants the same on his chatbot. He can't do it. And you see where, for example, Mixo as a platform could mm. be yeah. direct to the customer, but then now agencies can be bolted on to add gotcha. customizations. Yep. And so then for me in my head, it's kind of like Shopify in a sense. They have their own programming language, et cetera, et cetera. But now you have to get Shopify developers that are, familiar so with creating it so I'm, I'm trying to think for the longevity of the and, and increasing your lifetime customer value mm. nine dollars to now eighteen dollars a month for example now you unlock customizations and all these agency partners that can come in and do the programming and work on those sites for you to yep. give you those customizations and and things like that but then it's only approved for agencies. The agency has to be vetted and approved before you give them access because it's still, you know, part of your core infrastructure or what you're doing in a sense too. So I don't know, you'd have to, you'd have to look into it. But for me, I'm kind of like, rather than taking the customer away, like I've got a Shopify customer right now. And I said, hey, look, you know, Shopify, anything you ask me to do with your Shopify site, it's going to cost you more money. Yeah. Because I have to have developers that are familiar with Shopify to pull that off for you. Yeah. Uh, otherwise... If you go WordPress, WooCommerce, it's like half the price. But then they go, no, no, I like Shopify. I'm going to stick with Shopify. No problem. 
And that's kind of the same situation yeah, for you, right? How can how can an agency get involved with your business, keep them on Mixo, because Mixo is providing them everything that they could possibly need. They've already got, for example, the email marketing campaigns. So now maybe an agency can start creating prompts yeah. that would develop yeah. as part of the... Look, the business owner might not have the strategies for that person, but the agency might. Then they might charge them a fee to come up with a strategy and then tell that to Mixo to generate the EDM campaigns yep. and how they work. And then, then that same agency will make any refinements if it feels like it needs to be refined in any way, shape or form. So I'm thinking how can agencies get involved so that way your customers stick around instead of going in two years once they've validated their concept. Mm-hmm. So instead of making, you know, $216 per customer, now we can start looking at making, you know, 500, 600, 700 plus per customer, lifetime customer value. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think you... There are two types of agencies that we see in our mind. There's ones that are want to generate ideas. So they don't want the execution. They're wanting to kind of generate, take this simple two-sentence concept, make it real, and then they use that as part of their collateral to go either win work or show yeah, what they can yeah, do. So yeah. there's That's that kind smart. of... I'm going to note uh, that one down. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we are looking at providing a, a plan that allows them to generate at scale multiple ideas, added customization, making it very bespoke and professional, but they could get four or five and then whittle it down to two and say push those out. And again, mm. they're more concept-based. Um, so we are playing in that space. Can you add um, reference links, by the way? Uh, will, will, it, will that take reference links and, and view another site to, to yeah, that? Yeah, so we're... Um, Again, we are actively working on the theming. So at the moment, we've worked on a single template, single page, and we're trying to nail that, making sure the AI uh, prompts all kind of work nicely, and then we're exploding that out in the background. So there are there's that there's those agency clients, and then there's the second part which want to take off mm. the um, take the sites off the uh, mixer they want to kind of host themselves so that's a little bit more tricky but uh it's one thing we're looking at um as well you mentioned before working on shopify versus working on uh wordpress what we are thinking of doing is allowing them to um take that off and, and use it but we're trying to work out how do they if they want to make ongoing improvements over time how do they kind of come back and do them and then re-export that and still get the benefit? So there are there are challenges with that. But again, we're in a position now where we're uh, working out for the in the future where the most demand is, but also we're trying to make sure that we hit what we're trying to do, that our core, I guess, vision and mission, which is let's get as many um, people launching as possible. So however, whichever path kind of does that, is the one where we're going to probably tie it to ourselves to. Gotcha. Gotcha. It is an interesting one. It's very exciting. Uh, and like for me, I'm kind of... Look, when I, when I work with other people, like you're, you're in my space right now, and by doing so, I feel compelled to immerse myself as if I was mm. in your position within your business. Yep. And so for me... I treat this. I treat my clients the same way. Like I, and I talk, I've talked about being in these spiritual realms of empathy, 
And it's kind of, that's what I do with absolutely everybody, right? Especially business-wise. I'm just thinking for you, like, there's so much uh, opportunity. Because the other thing, too, is, is that these web agencies, ManyChat created these marketers that were never marketers before in their entire life. Yep. Now, for those who are, you know, veteran marketers, there was obviously a sour, like a sour taste in their mouth. But those same veteran marketers still used ManyChat to be able to, you know, yeah. keep going. So this is what difference did it make, whether it was them or someone else who was learning. I actually mocked it on my Facebook profile one day. It's, you know, I put up a meme on, uh, on the group and I was like, watch the, they watched this introduction video on how to, how to make a chatbot. And then, you know, uh, like, a, like a milestone on their Facebook saying updated uh, chatbot expert at XX company. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like you're an expert now apparently, eh? Yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah. watched the get started video. Tutorial, yeah. But it made marketers. It made more people. And some of those people that had never touched marketing in their entire life made a career jump, had took an interest but wasn't didn't know where to start. They made something out of that. There's a good chunk of them that did. Mm. And I've had this same conversation with so many people. It's it's actually the agencies and the influencers. So influencers are one thing, but as far as a couple of other aspects of really driving revenue, it's a lot of the time it's the agencies that have multiple clients where they go, oh, well, we'll do that for you. Mm. We'll build it on Mixo for you. It's all automated, so we don't charge you for that. What we do charge you is the customization, this, that, and the other. And, you know, like there's nothing stopping you from charging even an agency, uh, uh, like a quarterly fee or a monthly fee to be an agency on your platform, get listed as you know, one of those age partner agencies that can help you to make those customizations and marketing campaigns. And then that way, not only do you include the agencies, but they also feel compelled to use you because it makes their life easier. Yeah. They yeah. can focus on more important things. Yeah, we go back to the value thing. They, they yeah. effectively are a customer. Um, That's right. And I think you're probably touching on something there which explains why when I talk about Mixo, I talk about it being more a platform than just a tool like a a web website builder tool would be something that just spins something out but a platform is something where you know agencies can come on and use it for to make money themselves to to grow and we, they can be part of the ecosystem so that's right that's absolutely right now look Adam I want to f- cover our final topic for today and that topic is adversities I want you to Dig deep into one of your most deepest and darkest moments in business. Mm. I really want you to take a deep, big, deep breath, actually, and, uh, and, and think about what that time was. And if you're okay sharing, I want to hear exactly what was going on at that time. <sighs> There's your deep breath. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so I've, I've gone through a lot. Um, and I think it's... Um, that that is the nature of business that is the nature of life to be honest with you and i think it's um it's important to kind of go through those tough moments um of you know it is a roller coaster and i actually enjoy the roller coaster as as the roller coaster of startups you get those highs and lows and sometimes they're in the same day and i could probably tell you about 50 stories right now but um whenever this question kind of comes up I do think back to one of the earliest pains in business and that was 
um, uh, when it was actually at university. So at university, I uh, started a, a, sm- had a small business, a small startup, uh, myself and my business partner, who I eventually started Design Crowd, or worked on Design Crowd with, uh, Alec Lynch. Uh, we at university together decided to do a little startup together. Um, he had this customer that was selling, um, uh, selling. I think it was uh, printer cartridges back in the day, and these two fresh-faced um, uni students decided, okay, look, let's let's build them a system. Uh, let's let's do it for them. This is uh, an online platform that will help you refill, uh, sell uh, printer cartridges, and also get them refilled at a cheap price. Back in the day, no one was really doing it we can do this, do it for them, and then they'll, they'll, they, we had to deal with them, they'll pay us, and then we can roll this out. And worked quite hard on this with, you know, starry-eyed, um, very starry-eyed, thinking this was going to be the next big thing. Um, and f- this was the first real thing that you, I felt like, you know, after uni I won't have to go get a... a job i could be doing this as well we could start get a little office but very quickly you start to realize um the 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 difficulty of business it it, just because you have an idea just because you have this concept and you have the ability to kind of code something up doesn't mean it's going to work and this after a couple months of building and sacrificing and late nights and but on both ends a, a bit of pain um we, our customer pretty much walked away. We built the entire thing. The customer walked away, just couldn't get this thing up and running and kind of left us both like, oh, this is, this is um, it, was a, it was a real kick, kick, you know, kick in the guts. Um, for me personally as well, it was my first real sense of, um, you know, it's a, it feels like it's a, a very harsh world, very like, you know, you you feel like you're in this, everything's moving around you uh, at a million miles an hour and you're, you're trying to get down and get, build something out. And from a business perspective, that, that hurt quite a bit. Um, what happened post that story, I guess, is I went off and got a, um, did, did IBM, um, went and worked and that thing, uh, do all that. And actually, uh, health-wise, I had a, a few major operations. So personally, um, was faced with, I had this business kind of um, hit, kick to the guts, but then I had this major operation and they were talking, you know, quality of life and all that stuff, you know, the, the bigger problems. And then you dealt with, actually, this is, this is a real problem. What I just did was like nothing. And then got through all that. And I'll tell you what, every single business down to that date doesn't not, it's just doesn't because it doesn't compare like it is business at the end of the day um it's not um i think everything becomes relative and i think in business just from a, a ups and downs perspective and putting yourself out there and people you know i build this thing and people are saying that is shit that's garbage um and that's happened many many times i'm like cool I've learned something. Like we've, we, you don't fail, you learn. You know, it's a, it's a, 
I've, I've, I can take something from that. Something I've done there hasn't worked. Maybe it's just complete garbage. Maybe it'll never work. Maybe it doesn't work for that person. Maybe they're having a bad day. Whatever it is, I've learned something. But the the pain I feel from those just on it's just not there anymore. Like it's it's almost like a zero. Um, mm. And you know, we've I could say there are there are points in business where I've uh, stuffed up and uh, to the point where I've probably cost. Um, cost myself an opportunity or big money or, you know, we at Design Crowd back in the day we lost a big, big partnership, 20% of the business and we, fun, you know, we had a big partnership that, you know, a chunk of our, our business, we're sitting in front of a board of VCs and we've lost 20%. Um, but at the end of the day, we'll pick ourselves up. Like if that, if at the end of the day we go back to zero, we'll be able to build ourselves back up. And I think, to me, that is part of what I believe, you know, I I kind of, what I do business for to some extent, to kind of prove myself um, to my to myself but also my family, but also have that vision to be like, I've got nothing, it come from nothing. Like, Mixo tomorrow may be nothing, but I know the day after I'll sit down, I'll, I'll work out, what do I actually want to achieve and just keep keep going for it and, uh, you know, keep getting the kicked in the guts but work it out. Eyes on the prize. That's Have it. perseverance and you get, get through it. That's 100%. What it's about. Resilience as well, very important. Adam, we're coming to the end of our interview. Was there anything that you wanted to leave, un, uh, you know, leave with the audience, anything, any special mentions, anything like that? I'll cover uh, any links and things like that as well towards the end when we're closing, but anything that... Uh, you want to share with our audience? No, not, not particularly. I think I personally just want to um, – the, the one thing I will leave you with is um, meeting a lot of the, the guys that guys and girls at the top, the guys and girls that are building the biggest things that you, you use on a daily basis. They are no different to you and I. Um, they are willing to sacrifice um, to get what they need to get. Mm. And I guess that's probably, in terms of a, well, in terms of a, a difference, in terms of a choice, that's something that you can make as well. And I think if you're willing to sacrifice, if you're willing to, to know what you have to do to get something done, you, you, you know that I don't know. The, the things that you will not know, you'll need to go out there and learn them. You need to be consuming your, your content, your podcasts, your, um, you, you need to go out there and speak to to leaders, thought leaders in the in the space, like I, th- I think anyone can do this, um, and that's what it has proved to me, um, and that's why I do it to kind of show my kids as well that you don't necessarily need to kind of go out there um, and kind of struggle through things or just take a nine to five and just be happy with it. You got an idea. There is a way of driving it forward. If you're willing to sacrifice, you'll get there. And I have no doubt if you're willing to get kicked in the guts, you know, as many times as it takes, it won't be maybe the first time, probably won't be the fifth time or the 50th, but if you can outlast it and 56th time you take a kick in the guts, that 57th time is probably the time it really hits. And I think for your audience that's what I would... uh, 
I know a few people that need to hear that too. I mean, not going to lie. There's a few people that definitely need to hear that for sure. So, look, Adam, thank you very much. Honestly, mate, uh, it's been a really awesome interview. Covered a lot of points, AI, employment, things like that. Obviously, some of your adversities that you faced, opportunities for, for those that are listening as well. Some really good value points that, that came out of this conversation, and I really appreciate your time coming out. Likewise, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. You're very welcome. Guys, for all of you listening at home, whether you're at home, in the car, at work, wherever it may be that you're listening from or watching from, by all means, if you guys want to find out a little bit more about Mixo and what Mixo has to offer, head over to our website. It is launchday.au. Head over there. You'll be able to get all the details. We'll leave a little snippet for you guys to, to see to be able to go and check out what Adam is up to. And guys, if you have any questions, either for myself, for, for Adam, head, send an email across. It's support at launchday.au. We're keen to hear from you. We're super excited to hear from you. And if you're someone who may be wanting to get interviewed on the uh, on the podcast as well, or for any advertising opportunities, again, support at launchday.au. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you guys again next week. Bye-bye.